0: See you and teach. And this thing is really big. Yes, mind if I move <laughs> it just just a little bit. There we go. Okay, so things are happening out there, aren't they, in the, in the world, in the United States and everything. And A lot of uncertainty in the world. Jesus said, in the world you'll have tribulation. He said, be of good cheer. Cheer up. I've overcome the world. So, there's uncertainty, there's tribulation, just like Jesus promised. But we can be a good chair. We can be okay with it because he's overcome the world. And there's better things in store for us, those who, Joe says, believe, if we believe. So, anyway, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Lord, it's the one thing that is eternal in the heavens that never changes, Lord. And we just ask you bless the teaching of it this morning that we received from you, Lord. That you would just speak to every heart, Lord, and every mind. And just take our thoughts, Lord, and direct them towards you and your word this morning. In Jesus' name. Well, Joe said I should uh, say something encouraging. And, you know, have an encouraging message. And... uh it's hard to find that these days an encouraging message because of everything going on. But uh, I can give you the words my my daughter gave me, and my wife and I were talking. My wife actually was she she's saying everything seems to be going wrong. This is breaking. This is you know this is happening. This that my daughter says very encouraging words. Mom, it could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's it so guys that's your encouraging word it could be worse <laughs> really what i want to talk to you though about is joy because the happiness is a fleeting thing i like happiness but it just doesn't stick around but joy is something that can stick around even when things aren't good when you're not feeling right when things don't seem to be ma- happening well You can still have joy down deep because you remember who you are, remember your relationship with God. And it's the relationship that I want to talk about. Now, I'm talking this morning about not just believing in Jesus Christ. Something further. When I talked the last time, I talked about the two crossings that the children of Israel Made. They they were all baptized under Moses when they crossed the Red Sea and they wandered in the wilderness for forty years. They were they were following God and God gave them instructions, but they were always wanting to go back to Egypt. There was something lacking in their faith. They the Egypt seemed to be a viable option. And Moses, you know, who's this Moses? Where did he go for forty days? Let's build gods and and uh, there they'll lead us back to Egypt and. Of course you know that story but the second time they crossed was the jordan under uh, joshua and when 40 years later when they came to that crossing and they went across that symbolized a complete commitment and egypt wasn't even a thought that generation had passed away now they're going into land and as i explained uh, to canaan is not a symbolic of heaven but it's more of a uh, commitment, a life of a committed believer and the life of that I want to talk about, life of a disciple of Jesus Christ is one who's committed. And so when they crossed the Jordan, the Jordan flowed again. And there was no going back and they had battles to fight. If it was heaven, there wouldn't be any battles left to fight, but they had battles to fight. Joshua was instructed how to conquer Jericho and the lord made the walls come tumbling down and uh but later on they they went to ai to conquer it and they thought we know how to do this now and they were defeated by a much smaller city and they came back defeated and wondering what was going on lord what happened you know and the lord explained to them that not only had they really not asked him about it what they should do but there was sin in the camp they had uh Someone had taken some of the booty from uh, Jericho, which the Lord said would be either burned or dedicated to him. And so they had to deal with a guy named Achan in that. And then when they went back to conquer Ai, the Lord gave them specific instructions on how to do it. They listened to him and they were victorious. And so when we come to uh, further, a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ, Not just believing, believing is where we start. Believing is the beginning. And we're saved, we're born again. And it's the most amazing, incredible thing there is. It's a free gift. We don't have to work for it. We just have to have faith. And faith is counted to us as righteousness, just like Abraham. But there's more. There's more to it, guys. And there's something that Jesus uh, calls us to but not everybody goes there because the price is just too hard to pay even though they're here believers even though we're believers even even though we're saved by grace we there's something that deep a deeper fellowship a deeper relationship that christ wants and he called his disciples to that you know the words were follow me you know and he said if you whoever comes after me whoever follows me Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So, the call of a disciple, if anyone desires to come after me, it's an if. If anyone desires to come after me, not believe in me, that's that's separate, but if you wanna follow my footsteps. Now, if, this is the if, this is the optional relationship which he, Puts out there for us. Deny yourself? Okay. Take up your cross? Now, taking up your cross is dying to yourself, it's dying to everything else in this world. Paul said, By the cross, I'm crucified to this world, and this world's crucified to me. And follow me, follow me. And that's when he went to call his disciples, his words were to them follow me. Now, Jesus called Peter to follow him. But we read through the uh, scriptures and we realize that he called Peter more than once to follow him. Did you know that? We read through the, the scriptures and say, Paul well, Peter was fishing in the sea. Jesus walks by and says, follow me. So they left on, follow him. But back in the first chapter of John, it says that Andrew, uh, Peter's brother, was one of the two disciples that were following John the Baptist. And when John the Baptist saw Jesus Christ walking by, he said, behold, the Lamb of God and those two disciples followed Jesus and asked of course where he was going to be staying and he said well Come and see and so they they stayed with him that night and then Andrew Which was one of the two went and found Peter and told Peter We found him the Messiah come and see him and so G- he went to in To uh, Jesus with Andrew and It says in First John, verses 40 through 42, it says, one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, the first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we've found found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Now, when Jesus looked at him, he said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. That's the first time... Peter meets Jesus. Jesus says, you're going to be called the stone. You're not going to be called Simon. You're going to be called the rock, rocky. Yeah. Now, in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 20, it says, Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew's brother, Casting a net for they were fishermen and he said to them follow me and I will make you fishers of men and they immediately left their nets and followed him. So. They've already run into Jesus out where John was baptizing and. Jesus said Peter you're going to be you know Simon you're going to be called Peter now in Galilee. Jesus walks by the shore and there's Peter and Andrew. Simon and Andrew, Simon called Peter, fishing, and he says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And now there's a promise of that. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you something you're not. They were fishermen and they were probably pretty good at it, making a good living. And of course, they have teamed up with a couple guys, you know, two, uh, John, and his brother, and the, James, and they were good at fishing. Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you something more. I'll make you into something you haven't been before. I'll do a work in your life, and I'll gift you, and I'll help you, and I'll strengthen you, and you'll become fishers of men. So that's the call of the disciple. That's the call that God gives to us when he calls us, when Jesus calls us to that deeper fellowship. He says, I'll make you something you're not. I'm going to do a work in your life. It's not just believing. It's believing the beginning. But now you're allowing Christ into your life to change things. And that's where some of us stumble, is the change part. He's going to upset the the apple cart, so to speak. He's going to change something in my life if I submit it all to him. And that's uh, a bit of uncertainty. It could be unsettling. It could be the place where you say, I kind of like the life I'm living right now. I'm kind of comfortable where I'm at. I'm going to heaven, praise the Lord. And... Let's just keep things as they are. He'll let you, he'll let you. But you're missing something. We're talking about the joy of fellowship, the joy of relationship. Now you can't have, you can have joy in your salvation. I mean, the the joy of your salvation, you know, is your strength and that's okay. But when you're in fellowships with somebody, you can be, if if you're working together with somebody, at the job on a project in the ministry you're working together and you have the same goals the same uh, desires the same mission so to speak and you're working closely together with somebody you're going to have closer fellowship with that person than with somebody who's not involved at all with what the work you're doing and there's just going to be that connection because we're on the same team and That's the way it is with Jesus Christ. When he calls you to disciple, to be a disciple, you've got a connection with him. You're both working toward the same goal. You're working with him. He's, He's leading the way, of course, but he's helping you and you're coming alongside of him and you're doing things together with him. And there's a fellowship that just happens between you and the Lord that just doesn't happen unless you're doing that with him. And like I said, it's an option. But he says, you know, follow me. Take up your cross. Deny yourself. Let's do it. So do we give it all to Jesus or not? Je- Peter was asked the second time there. Well, first time he said, he said you're just going to be called Peter. The second time he said, follow me and I'll make you fish as men. But, and it says that they left all and followed him, but they really didn't at that time. There was the third call. And that's in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. Oh, sorry. I just said Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. Let's turn the page on the notes. This is in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. I'll read you the story. So it was, as the multitude passed about him to hear the word of God, pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the Lake Gennesaret, that's the Sea of Galilee, another name for it, and saw two bo- boats standing there in the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and they were washing their nets. Then he got into the one of the boats, which was Simon Simon Peter's boat, and he asked him to push out a little from the land and he sat down and he taught the multitude from the boat. So. Shore of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus is passing by. We've got Peter and Andrew and John and his brother. They're, all, they're washing their nets. They've, they've, they're done fishing. The boats are just tied up to the shore there. And Jesus gets in Peter's boat and says, push out just a little bit from the shore so he could get away from the pressing crowd. They were all you know, pushing him into the water almost anyway. So he sets in the boat. And using the water kind of amplification system, you, he sets and he teaches all of the people that are on the shore. And so when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. But Simon answered and said, master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had gone, done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat and they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. This is kind of a breaking point for Peter. You know he's he's met Jesus Andrew introduced him Jesus has called him to follow him he kind of leaned that way he's going to follow Jesus and now Jesus kind of invades him invades his life in a different way he gets into his boat and he says push out just a little from the shore Peter and so he teaches and he says now let's go out into the deep and let's go fishing and Peter's saying, you know you're not a fisherman okay We've been out all night. There's just no fish happening. And, but nevertheless, okay, okay, I'll do it. So then they caught so much fish. Both of the boats were sinking. And okay, that was when Peter said, "This is this is this is time to change. This is time for the commitment. This is the end of me." <laughs> and he fell down on his knees and said, "Just let me alone. Okay, leave me. I'm a sinful man. You don't want me. I'm the wrong guy." You don't know me, really, and he did. But Peter's just saying, you know, I'm a sinful man. You don't need a sinful man to help you. You don't need a sinful man as a disciple. You don't, you know, just let, you know, find somebody else. And Jesus said to him, don't be afraid. From now on you will catch men. And so when they brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. That's the last time we find Peter fishing until later on in the last part of the book of John. But Peter followed him from that point on. And that was the point. It took three times for Peter to finally come to the full on commitment and actually leave the boats and follow Jesus. How many times does he have to call us to this service? How many times does he have to call us to be disciples? How many times does he have to call us to have that intimate fellowship with him, joining him in the work, joining him in following him? What time is he on with you? One, two, 10? <laughs> the option's always there. But, you know, sometimes, some moment, maybe you've experienced this already, some moment he invades your life, like he did to Simon Peter. He gets into your boat and says, Let's go fishing. Let's do what you're doing. I'll do what you do with you and see how it goes. And you realize that he can do it much better than you. He's got something going for him you don't. You need that, and you need that intimacy with him. You need to start living your life in a different way, committed to him and and letting him have control of the things of your life, letting go of the control. It's not so easy, but it's when you come to that place of, you know, I really don't want my life, I want your life in me, he'll take that and he'll begin to use you and he'll begin to Make you something you haven't been before. Don't, don't be afraid, Simon, he said. From now on, you're going to catch man. We'll do this together. So later on, Peter denied him, though, didn't he? What happened? Peter was fine following Jesus, and it was really great. I mean, they had three years of many things happening, miracles happening, people getting fed, uh, being sent out two by two, doing you know even the demons were subject to them. But then the cross happened to Jesus, and. When Jesus was arrested and Jesus warned Peter, Peter was so dedicated to Jesus and Peter said, you know, no matter if all of these forsake you, I won't forsake you, I'll die for you. And uh, Jesus said, you know, Peter, before the rooster crows, you're gonna deny me three times. No, 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 they'll deny you. Well, we know it did happen. But you know, that at that point in Peter's life, the life of the disciples of Jesus Christ, they they had not received the Holy Spirit yet. So that's just one thing that was just lacking and Peter didn't have the strength in himself to stand with Jesus when everything was falling apart as far as what he thought was going to happen they were all looking for the kingdom to happen they were looking for Jesus to come to Jerusalem and establish the throne of his kingdom and they were going to you know arguing who's going to sit on his right side I am no I am you know mom you know you'll talk to Jesus for us and see if we can sit on his right and left and and that's where their mindset was and Jesus would tell pull him aside and said the son of man's going to Jerusalem and there they're going to take him and abuse him and and tend him to the gentiles and the gentiles are going to crucify him and but after three days I'll rise again and they just didn't hear it you know they just kept arguing who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom you know and so but when it happened when Jesus was arrested Peter denied him and he swore he swore he didn't know the guy and of course the rooster crowed in at that point I guess they were leading maybe Jesus from Caiaphas over to Annas at that point and Jesus was able to see Peter by the fire there and looked at him and Peter just saw that look of Jesus and went out and what says he wept bitterly that he would do that but that was not the end of the story Jesus of course was crucified died for our sins rose again the third day but there was something he had to do with Peter still now the story wasn't over with the death and resurrection, the story is just beginning. And so he told the disciples beforehand to meet him in Galilee. The angel emphasized that message to go to Galilee, and there they would meet him. And so later on, uh, they went to the Galilee after they had seen Jesus in Jerusalem when he appeared to them in the room that was, the doors were all locked, and he appeared to them and. And uh, showed him that he was alive. But after a while, in the Galilee, Jesus didn't show up right away. Peter said, "I'm, I'm going to go back to fishing." And the other guys didn't know really what to do either. Said, "We'll go too." So, Peter, not knowing what to do, where to go the fellow there wasn't the fellowship he, he was waiting now all he had to do was wait but he said I've got to do something I'm going back to what I was doing before I'm going to go back to fish but there was some guy on the shore after they had fished all night and caught nothing again and the guy said children how do you eat any food catch anything and they shouted back no he says well try the right side of the boat (laughs) let down your net now i'm paraphrasing a lot you know this is john 21 you can check me on it but um so they did and the net was so full they couldn't pull it up into the boat and and they're looking at it and john looks at peter and says that's the Lord. And so Peter jumped into the water, swam to the shore. The other guys were struggling, pulling the net and the boat to the shore. And at that moment, uh, when they finally did get to the shore and Peter helped pull the net up, uh, Jesus had some uh, breakfast on the fire for them already. Come and eat. But after that, after that short meal, Jesus walked along the shore of the Galilee with with Peter and spoke to him three times. In John 21, verses 15 through 17, he said, Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, he said, do you love me more than these? And he was probably pointing to all the fish that were laying on the shore after they'd emptied the net. He said, do you love me more than these? And he said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. Do the work I've called you to. And he said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. And then he said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. He said, feed my sheep. So there was the three calls of Peter before Peter came and was broken, committed all to Jesus Christ. But then he had the denial that he had to get over. But then there were the three questions, The three restorations, if you will, of Peter. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord, I love you. You know that. Tend my lambs. Do you love me? Grieved, he said, you know all things, Lord. You know I love you. He says, tend my sheep. Now, we don't see the subtlety in the Greek there, but Jesus Question, Peter. He said, "Peter, do you agape me?" And uh, that, of course, if we we know the loves, the eros, the phileo, the um, storge. Thank you, and the uh, agape. The three modes of love, the three levels of love. The eros, the very basic fleshly love. The the uh, Storge, which is the familiar love, the phileo, which is the friendship, fellowship love, and then the agape is the deepest love, kind of covers all the other loves. It's the most dedicated, sacrificial type of expression of love. And Jesus said, Peter, do you agape me? And with everything you have, Peter, do you sacrificially love me? And Peter said, Yes, Lord, you know I phileo you. We're in fellowship. You're my friend. He says, feed my sheep. And Jesus asked him again. He says, Peter, do you agape me? And Peter said, oh, you know, Lord, I phileo you. Trying to come to that full on sacrificial type of giving love. he says, tend my lambs. And he said, Peter, do you phileo me? It came down to Peter's level. And Peter was grieved that Jesus did that. The third time, he changed the mode. He changed the word. Do you phileo me? And Peter said, you know, you know all things. You know I do. He says, tend my sheep. And so the restoration, but... And Peter, from that point on, there was no going back. He never denied Christ again. We know Peter. And Jesus went on to tell him, you know, you're going to live your life, and later on, they're going to crucify you just like me. And of course, Peter's reaction was, what about John? You know, what's going to happen to him? (laughs) And he said, yeah, if I want John to live until I return, that's up to us. You follow me. And so the relationship that Jesus Christ wants to have with each of us is not only that we believe in him. He he takes that treasure. That's that's, That's great. He will not ever turn you away. But he says there's something better that we can both have together. We can work together. We can have a fellowship together. You can have joy in this fellowship together with me. And that's what I want for you, is to have that joy of working with me. You know what you're going to do. You're not going back to the old ways. You're moving ahead. We have something to do. And that's what uh, John, when he wrote 1 John, he said that which was from the beginning which we have seen with our eyes which we've looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, the life was manifest and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen we and heard we declare unto you that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son Jesus Christ, and these things we write to you that your joy may be full and so Fellowship, joy. it's, it's kind of, they're kind of paired. The deeper the fellowship, the deeper the joy. And John said, I'm writing these things to you that you can have fellowship with us in our fellowship. you can have fellowship with us, you know brothers in, the, in Christ but our fellowship was with God and with his Son Jesus Christ, we're all in this together and we're all in fellowship and that's where the joy is the joy is full. Paul, when he was returning to Jerusalem after his third missionary trip, second or third, he was going there bringing some relief to the church in Jerusalem, but on his way through the different cities in asia and on his way through the different cities in up in what we know as lebanon uh as on his way he said he said everywhere i go every church fellowship i go to there's somebody saying by the spirit that what awaits me in jerusalem is is they're going to arrest me and put me in change and bondage and you know in Antioch, when he got there, Agabus, who was a prophet who um, grabbed the sash that was around Paul and bound his hands with it, and he said, So will the man who owns this sash, you know, this belt, be bound when he gets to Jerusalem. And Peter uh, said something, or, I mean, Paul said something interesting. He said, None of these things move me. He said, I'm willing to die at Jerusalem. He says, neither do I count my life dear to me so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received from the Lord to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Acts 20, 24. None of these things moved me. I mean, the Holy Spirit was telling him that this is going to happen to him, but he knew that's what he had to do. He knew where he was going and he says I'm not dissuaded by this this doesn't scare me he said I want to finish my course my ministry the thing that I'm doing with the lord in fellowship with the lord the 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 course he's given me to to go with joy i want to finish it with joy so i'm not going to break fellowship i'm not going to break and run. I'm not going to say, well, oh, I better not go to Jerusalem. You know, that's not to say that every time the spirit warns you of something, you should say, Oh, I don't care. You know, <laughs> but if you know what you're supposed to be doing and the spirit just laying to let you know on the way, by the way, that when you get there, it's not going to be so easy for you. That's okay. That's not to dissuade you. That's just God telling you. It's not going to be the road's not going to be easy the road doesn't matter the easiness doesn't matter our commitment matters following Jesus matters do we have something that we've committed to him to do with him for him we're going to continue to do it no matter how rough it gets whatever happens to us that's in his hands now there may be something you're uh, Taking comfort in now, but it's in the way of fellowship with Jesus Christ. Maybe there's something in your life that isn't so bad. It's not bad or good. It's just there. But is it something that you're afraid to let go of? You're afraid to commit to Jesus Christ fully if he might touch that one thing in your life that you're holding on to. What if he wants you to give that up? What if, you know? There's always that that uh, worry, you know, people have. Well, if I really totally commit to Jesus Christ, he's going to make me a missionary and send me to Myanmar, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Are you willing to go? No, I don't want to go. And you, you know my story. Well, maybe you don't. I'll tell you again. But um, pastoring a church for... I don't know, 12 years, 13 years at the time. I was also working in a job full time and pastoring the church. Pastor Joe can tell you how much fun that is. It takes a lot out of you. And uh, there was a gal in the church who who had done missionary trips, and she said, "We have. I have a." She called me up and said, "There's a gal from uh, Myanmar." here visiting with me and she can we talk to the church and we were renting a building i couldn't just go get a building and i said well baby we can meet at my house on monday night just i'll invite everybody i can over to to meet her and i didn't know where myanmar was and or anything but you know we'll listen to her and and she came over and she told about the ministry she had in myanmar uh going to the prisons and teaching the word of god there and and after she was done, I thought, this is great. We can you know, support her as a missionary. And she took my hand and said, no, you have to come over to Myanmar and help us. And I said, no, I don't. <laughs> I felt so weak. I really did. It wasn't that I just absolutely wasn't going to do that. It's just like, how can I add one more thing to my plate? You know, How can I do this? But the Lord spoke to me later and Reminded me of a promise I made to him that I would not say no when he asked me to do something. And so he's kept, made me keep that word, made me keep that promise. So from the beginning, you know, my belief in Jesus Christ, I told him I would not say no to him, and he's held me to that. And so I started going to Myanmar wherever that was it was burma burma's me right but uh, fell in love with the people over there really and looking for an opportunity to get back after the covid and everything is happening but you know there may be something that uh, you don't think you can do you don't think see any possible way that the lord could use you in that way i felt called be a pastor at one point and I was working like I said full-time job and I thought okay I can't say no but I don't know how in the world that's ever going to happen how that can be and I was uh, driving to work one morning this is back way back in 80s 1980 something and uh, I was, uh, we were members at Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa. I sat at the foot of Chuck Smith and learned the Bible there. And uh, I was driving to work one morning. And just just out of my heart, I just said a prayer to the Lord. I said, I want to be a teacher. Make me a teacher, Lord, like Chuck. I want to teach your word. And I just thought I wanted to do that. I wasn't a teacher then. And. Uh, I, I I just kind of forgot about that prayer, I guess. And my I I, I said I was working a, a second job. I was working two two other jobs. My normal uh, nine to five sort of job, and then I was taking work on the side back in that those days. The Lord had kind of led me to add a different venue, and I was uh, this work was taking me out of town on the weekends to this i ended up having a job that i had to do in uh tulsa oklahoma and so i would fly out uh, friday night after work fly to tulsa oklahoma and do the job that i would contracted to do there and fly back sunday night for this is short for a short stint and on the way back well let's reverse that and there was an opening i was working in engineering there was an opening for somebody to be a instructor a technical instructor at the place where i was working and um i thought you know instead of working so much in engineering i could be the technical instructor it wouldn't be so bad i could have more less stress more time to do this other job on the side and 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 take care of all that and i thought okay so i put in my request to transfer to be the technical instructor at work. And so I took off that Friday night to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and did my job there in Tulsa. And coming back on the airplane Sunday night, it hit me. What am I doing? I just said that I can be a technical instructor. I can't teach. I don't know how to I'm not a teacher it just kind of hit me and I, I said as soon as I get back Monday morning I'm going to say never mind you know never mind and the Lord spoke to me on that airplane and he said let it alone we're going to do this and I thought, how can I do this I'm not a teacher And when i got back monday morning at work yes they accepted me as the technical instructor (laughs) so i learned to teach and the lord gifted me to teach but he didn't trust me with his word right away (laughs) and uh and so i and i